0: Um, Welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's very exciting to be here. I'm Fiona Wiley. I'm the Strategic Development Director in Healthcare here at Purple Agency. Um, I'm very excited to to be here for this event and want to extend a massive welcome to you all. Um, This is actually the first event in OTC we've run for Purple Agency, and it's one I'm particularly passionate about. I've worked in OTC marketing for the last 20 years across a number of brands from Nicotin, Benadryl, in lots and lots of great well-known um, names but rather than go on about my experience I want to get to the the good bits and introduce you to my brilliant panel that are joining me today so first up um, I'm, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves briefly first up is Sid welcome Sid hi
1: hello everyone hello Fiona how are you doing I'm Sid good morning I'm a community pharmacist. I'm based in Bishopstoke. Uh, I'm a prescriber, a vaccinator. In a previous life, I was on the Royal Pharmaceutical Society for 20 years, five as treasurer on the PSNC and uh, secretary to two LPCs, Lambeth, Southern Lewisham, and Kensington, Chelsea, Westminster.
0: It's great to have you. Thank you. And next up is Andy Wines. Morning, Andy.
2: Good morning. Yes. Nice, nice to be here. So uh so I'm Andy Wines. Um I'm currently the regional head for Europe and Africa. At Prestige Consumer Health, uh, a big American company. Um, my career in OTC has been about 20 plus years where I've worked for companies like Roche Consumer Health, Reckitts, Seven Cs, and obviously more, more recently this, this, this role. Um, I'm mostly a marketeer and, a, and then a general manager and worked to, across a lot of categories, probably most of the big categories in OTC. So uh, yeah, delighted to be here and um, share the discussions today.
0: Delighted to have you here. And next up, I've got Amy Johnson from Purple.
3: Morning. Morning. Um, hiya. I am an Associate Creative Director at Purple Health, um, and my background is a bit of a, a, a mashup. I call myself an, an agency mutt um, because I'm actually started out on the more medical end of things and then evolved into a more creative role. Um, I've also done quite a bit of, of creative strategy, um, been in healthcare advertising about 15 years, frighteningly enough. Um, And so you name it, I've worked on it. Um, Everything from dog toothpaste all the way through to um, immuno-oncology. So um, great to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. As you'll agree, brilliant panel. Um, Just a couple of quick admin pieces before we start. As I said right at the beginning, please feel free to write questions. There's lots coming in already, so I'll keep my eye on them and I'll try and throw them in as we go through. Um, If I can't get through them all, I promise we will answer them as a group and post them after the event. Um, There's a couple of live polls as well. Please take part um, because it will just make it more interesting as we go through the discussion. So. Without further ado, let's kick off. Um, post-pandemic, we have seen that pharmacists have done an absolutely brilliant job, not only supporting the sick, um, getting advice, getting medicines to people, um, administering vaccines, coupled with the NHS's desire to move more and more into their control. Um, it seems only fitting that we we talk, called this the, the kind of chameleon, because the pharmacist has so many roles to to hold: a business owner, an employer, a professional um but how can we best reach them with all of those different hats they're wearing um the good news is from a latest survey from PAGB last year one in three people said they were more likely to choose a local pharmacy um, as a first port of call for minor ailments post post the pandemic which is a really really good step in the right direction um So our pharmacists, the new superheroes of healthcare, um, that brings me on nicely to the first section and one that I want to talk to us about. Um, Sid, I'm going to come to you first. There are massive expectations from the NHS long-term plan regarding the role that pharmacists can play. We all know you can do it now. Um, How do pharmacists as business owners and as caregivers feel about this growing reliance on self-care treatment is there more pressure or are you ready to be the superheroes
1: well first off uh, if I may say Fiona I wouldn't say we are the new superheroes of healthcare because pharmacy has always been the soul of public health and the guardian of the public health for nearly 200 years and as and apothecaries before that so we've always been part of the NHS superhero Tut Ensemble. our roles have always been around helping patients Uh, promoting life, preventing disease, uh, pro- prolonging life, so promoting health, providing self-care, and we have always been known as the experts in medicines. We've always been seen as the clinicians on the high street, and all pharmacists, not just me, but all although I'm a prescriber of prescription-only medicines, we are all counter-prescribers, so we sell pharmacy-only um, medicines. Um, we run public health campaigns, we have access to GP records, we all, we like I said, we are vaccinators as well as prescribers, exactly like you mentioned. I've personally done thousands of vaccines ranging from travel, health, to flu, to pneumonia, shingles, and since January nearly 3,500 COVID vaccines. Uh, My pharmacy alone does about 13 NHS commissioned services. We do cholesterol checks, we do blood pressure uh, checks, we do weight management, smoking cessation, and the list goes on and on and on. So we've always been involved with uh, self-care, health and wellbeing support for independent living. So as a medicines man, or person I should say, all pharmacists are the cornerstone of any modern healthcare system and the demimond of any civilization. So we are not new superheroes, but I would say we are the unsung heroes of healthcare Mm -hmm. because we are not as well recognized for our clinical roles as well as other healthcare professionals uh, and and even by the government some of the public so the social value of community pharmacy is poorly understood and consistently undervalued but like you said a good thing to come out of this dreadful pandemic however has always has been a shine a shining light on us that just, which has showcased our skills and our and our knowledge we need to build on that and also on the fact that as a country and the and as a country and an nhs getting back on its feet if it needs to deliver the nhs plan it would be sheer madness if we did not further utilize and release the sheer genius of pharmacists, you know, give us more powers, increase the POM to P medicines, decrease the B to GSL status. Because let's be clear, we've got the premises that are fit for purpose and we have both the professional expertise and the capability to help pick up the NHS. Very little is beyond our scope because we have the know-how and we can upskill our team members to allow us to cope with new pressures. But we can't just heal with kindness. The only thing stopping us delivering and becoming more well-recognised superheroes is that we've got a a professional leadership body which is a bit um, unfit for purpose. We have a poor understanding of community pharmacist teams. We have very great financial pressures. We can do more. We just need to be better directed, informed support to help us reduce pressures that would take us away from patient care.
0: Okay, good. And I'm going to throw that straight to you Andy and say but is Sid a rare breed here you know we've heard all the how proactive he is how much he gets involved in from your experience are all pharmacists and ready to embrace the changes as Sid are or is he one of a kind
2: yeah I think it's um I think it's an absolute mixture Fiona I think th- think that there's um i mean there's no doubt that what, what um i mean there's a tremendous amount of change going on in pharmacy lots of new roles and lots of new opportunity um you like like never before and it's great to see it's great to see many many pharmacists like sid embracing all of that and being real real pioneers um in, in truth you know i think we find it's a mixture there there are many many people who are following sid's example and and, and changing um brilliantly um but it, you know in other parts of pharmacy you know it's it's not the same you know people find it harder um, Um, I think, you know, my my observation is probably that um, in a lot of um, independent and sort of um, um, pharmacist owner uh, pharmacies, the the, the, the pharmacist is is much more committed or is very, very committed to those changes and furthering their business because it's their own business. Often we we find it's perhaps a little bit more different in some of the bigger chains of Mm -hmm. of pharmacies where, um, you know, perhaps you haven't got the owners on site and, uh, and, and so forth. I think the other thing is, is, is that um is that the role of the pharmacist is um is becoming far more people centric now. Um and, and perhaps a, a lot of a lot of people in pharmacy have not been trained that way. It, perhaps you know, 20 or 30 years ago when when choosing to go to university and train as a pharmacist, um a lot of a lot of youngsters were not sort of thinking, I want to go into a people you know, we're thinking they're going into a technical profession, not a, a people-centric one. So we should probably reflect that. Um a lot of pharmacists probably want some training and, and uh, to 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 uh, to cope with this sort of new role and and, and the new requirements. But it, it but it is um, you know, it, it's a, it's a real mixed bag. But it's brilliant that it's changing fast, and it's brilliant that people like Sid are there sort of leading the way because there is so much more that the pharmacy can do, particularly when I think a lot of consumers are very disappointed with uh, GP service that they get. You know, there's a tremendous amount that can be that that, that pharmacists can do, and it's it's great to see the change.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think I mentioned the PAGB results already, but there was another survey from the MPA that said 87% of people believe that local pharmacies um, are the better way to, to obtain healthcare advice. Um, are there certain areas where we think pharmacy is well-placed? We mentioned minor, minor ailments before, but clearly you're far more qualified than just dealing with minor ailments. Um, perhaps ones that have more of a taboo angle. So we've talked about this before, SIDS, contraception, sexual yeah. dysfunction. Uh, we've seen lots of pom peace which has come into this space. Are, are pharmacists happy to have those awkward conversations that require that, that detailed consultation that you just cannot get time to talk to a GP about?
1: Yeah. Uh, let, let's not forget pharmacy and pharmacists and pharmacy teams are in the business of helping lives and saving lives. We've, we're very experienced in dealing with all sorts of taboo subjects for many years we're trained to discuss and approach sensitive subjects. For example, we've, we've been providing emergency hormone contraception, substance misuse services, hep B, hep C testing, STD testing. And back in the day, we even did pregnancy testing. So we knew when a woman was pregnant before her partner did. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first example is also a safe haven pharmacy where we help victims of domestic abuse and even just last week I had to call a, a, the police to help a minor that walked in asking for help. So this is a, this is a role that's not new to us and what's really important is to remember is that we're easily accessible most most widely accessible healthcare professional in the world, or at least on this side of Mars anyway. We're a walk-in service without an appointment times so are very long opening times. We're the most seen healthcare professional because you usually uh, just see it's within five minutes. So when a matter is highly sensitive, dangerous or taboo, then it's usually time sensitive and urgent. And that's why pharmacy is in a unique position to make all the difference. Because as we all know, the greater the access, the quicker the prognosis, the better the outcomes. And where we can't help we would refer anyway so for example last week we had an elderly patient ring up and asking if she could increase her dose of ranitidine when in fact what was happening was she was suffering from chest pain due to a cardiac event so we knew that straight away and we referred her and hope and we saved her life so in that respect we we we, we this is nothing new but it might be new to the public who are unaware of it
0: and uh, off the back of that, a question's just come in and said, You, you know, Andy, you mentioned the role that this is becoming a more people centric role. Um, and given that everybody's now thinks they're some sort of Dr. Google, um, how do we make sure that these conversations are, are going into pharmacy and that they're having these, these conversations with consumers rather than kind of self diagnosis? Now we all think we're experts.
2: I mean, Sid. Sid has just sort of given given the answer there a little bit with his with his last statement, hasn't he? Which is, you know, I mean, Doctor Google is great for getting um, instant clues as 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 to as to what your ailment might be, but but consumers are often um, misdiagnosing. Or, or, or panicking, or, or, or sort of fearing the worst. You know, I think when, when you feel ill, you often often don't behave quite as rationally as when you feel normal. Um, and, and so that you know, there can be a tendency of people. You know, when you're feeling ill, um, to panic a bit, and and, and people will often misdiagnose themselves. I think you know, Google's great for getting some clues, but there's no there's no, there's no substitute to to talking to somebody very very quickly. And of course, your pharmacist. You know, you, you can see your local pharmacist within five or ten minutes. They're only they're only minutes away from you. Um, you know, which which is which you know is probably not the service you'll get from a GP. So uh, I mean, pharmacy is a brilliant resource, and, and and you you know you'll know that you're definitely getting getting a great answer. Thank you.
1: Can I just quickly add, Viola, just two very quick ones? Yeah. Medicines treat symptoms, but pharmacists treat people. There's a holistic approach to this. You can't get advice from Google when you have a question, more importantly. And also more, more important, more than anything, that we sometimes spot symptoms that the patient themselves don't know. The symptoms might be the same, the cause might be different, the treatment will be different. And if they waste time not getting the right treatment, it will cause hospitalisation, all sorts of problems. And obviously that knocks on to mental health, depression, social value and so on and so forth. So thanks for that, Andy. Absolutely spot on. Thank you. Can you can you run for government for us, please?
0: <laughs> no pressure. And um, actually, there's another question that's just come in. Sid or Andy, you might be able to answer this. But, you know, why are, the, why are pharmacists not recognised by their healthcare peers? So why do GPs consider pharmacists almost as shopkeepers rather than, everything you've just told us, you know, they should be working hand in hand together.
2: I I mean, yeah, I might take that one a little bit. And and, um, I mean... I try and I try and make this positive. I, I mean, I think many years ago, pharmacists. I mean, one of the criticisms of pharmacists is that they'll often um, stay in, a, in 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 the dispensary behind the counter and and not talk to patients. Um, and we, which which makes them very. I know that's, I know that, I know not. All, I know a lot of pharmacists are changing, but that is a very traditional view. If you go back many many years, I mean, 20 years ago, I lived in Switzerland, and it's it's quite interesting just to see um, uh, what 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 pharmacies are like on the continent. And, and I would say that that, that it, where I lived in in the farm. Ph- in the village the pharmacist would walk the front of the shop um that they would never be you know sit in the back they would always meet and greet the customers they'd know all their customers personally and they would walk the shop and, and talk to the customers um and it was a very different experience being there than it was being in the UK now I think pharmacy is changing and I think that you know the best pharmacists are walking the shop and are, are out the front giving advice but um but it's but, but it's not the same everywhere and, and, and I think people's views public's views are um are, are perhaps a little bit behind the times when, when they think of what they used to many years ago and not how the industry is becoming.
1: Yeah, good point, Andy. I mean, I'll just add three very quick points that. One is that we've always had very weak leadership
2: um, in pharmacy, whereas the
1: doctors, nurses, and uh, dentists have been very proactive, I think, and it's not got any better, it's got worse. Second thing is, um, you know, I've done um, presentations to, to to GPs, pharmacists, dentists, opticians, and it's interesting. the GPs would challenge you. The, the dentists would look at you and still think, Well, they won't challenge you, but they still think they're better than you. (laughs) Um, The pharmacist would actually write down everything you've said, and then nobody (laughs) even write down to the hello and the goodbye. So I think that there's a confidence issue within the profession that we need to to wrench out. And the third thing is that um, due to um, um, history and poor promotion of pharmacists generally, uh, we're still misunderstood as as to what we do. So in that respect, the publications, the advertising, the promotion of files has always left us as lackluster, very unproud, hidden in the back, and almost like um the cockroaches of healthcare, which which clearly we're not.
0: Yeah. yeah we're okay. not just shopkeepers. Yeah no and Amy I'm keen to pull you in and say like from from a completely different perspective obviously not being a pharmacist and not being on the brand side having a more kind of consumer I'm going to say view what what's your view on on what the guys have been saying
3: But yeah I mean um Andy actually mentioned something really interesting a few at, at the very beginning um uh, talking a little bit about the discrepancy beh- but between Independent. I mean, I would call them independent pharmacists who who own their own their own um, practice, um, and the more chain pharmacists. Um, and I'm I'm just wondering, do we, when it comes to a, a communications from a communications standpoint, do we need to tailor our comms to the different types of pharmacists, or should we take a, a one size fits all approach and and aim for the the highest bar, like Sid? Um, wh- where where should we go with our comms? Is it tailored, or should we go for the, the high bar? yeah
0: I'm I'm going to throw it. Can I throw it open? I want to put a poll out there because we're just presuming that as well, we're going to come on and talk about this a little bit more that, that people are not putting enough attention on pharmacists, but I just want to open up a poll and say, where are you putting, we've got a really good crowd in the audience. Where are people putting their marketing efforts? Is it going to GPs? Is it going to pharmacists or is it going to consumer? Um, And I would really appreciate you taking part because it makes a, makes a massive difference. And we'll have a look at the results um, in a minute as well, because I think that will be quite telling.
2: Just while that's just just while that's um running, I mean, just yeah, to answer yeah. Amy's question, the, the, or, or, or the question that was, or, or the question that was posed. Sorry, that um saying, you know, should we tailor our communications to different audiences? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's a great question. I, I mean, I mean you, you know, the great sales forces will always, um you know, know their customer and and and, and segment their customers into different class, different types. I, I mean, there's one question I think that's been 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 raised in in the chat here to say you know you know um in an era of, of perhaps not um, personal calls but, but video calls or, or remote calls to pharmacists you know w- w- will the world change i mean i i would still be an advocate of face-to-face calls i think there's no substitute for the salesperson really yeah. knowing their pharmacist and really understanding mm. you know is this pharmacist a social person is it one who likes technical information what's it, you know how do i interact with them mm. and i think that the salesperson can always interact their own behavior um when they know the pharmacist and give give the best of whatever needs to be be imparted yeah you know i would be a big fan of of, um not changing the world too much and getting back to uh you know personal contact um because that's for me that's the best way
0: yeah and interestingly someone just just posted in the chats you know haven't said who they are or what 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 they do but gps are becoming more and more inaccessible and harder to market actually and you know the fact that we can have a face-to-face conversation um, with a pharmacist, like you say, if we can get the right message, if we can tailor it, um, that's that seems like the best way to go. So I'm going to move us on and I'm going to talk about um, the next section because it's very clear we're all in alignment. Pharmacists are fundamental to making a, making a shift given their history, given they've always been at the forefront of um self-care um how do marketeers position pharmacists as the first port and I think this moves us on nicely so what can brands help help them do Sid you've got a whole group of people that are very keen to interact and listening um tell me what can they do to make your life easier and to really get the support of the pharmacist
1: uh, thank you for that. That's also another good question. Great question. I mean, it's very important to realise that all pharmacies have the same contract, so we're all regulated the same, and the government is trying to push for consistency and efficiency. So we all need the same sort of targeting. Obviously, the communications could be slightly different, but it's got. But all farms are going to be going up to a higher level of consistency. One of the things I've already mentioned is that we already need to. Uh, up the game and raise our profile. We need your help to not only, as I said, release the genius of pharmacists, but also promote how well trained we are and for the public to use us as a first port of call. Uh, another way would be to help us to relevantly train our team members to upskill them, so therefore freeing up our time to be more clinical and use our specialisms. We have lost the rep calling, and I'm a great advocate for reps. Um, and out of the few do we do have, many do not have the answers to the questions when you ask them around clinical data evidence base. So there's no substance in what, in what they give us, and that's so important because my team need confidence in what they're supplying and advising patients on to give them an informed choice. So that's really important. And um, I'd like the, the reps to help us forge and build relationships with other healthcare folks, including PCNs. And, you know, in some ways, as leader of the PCN for Winchester um, Rural South, you know, I can also introduce them to local GPs. And so whilst they might become more harder to access through cold calling or calls, we can access them through the primary care networks. Um, But it also doesn't help when we don't see the same people all the time. We need to build relationships with them. And the reps that I've been seeing, I've hardly seen twice. They've got a higher turnover than what you get at at a crematorium. So I think it's really important that we need to invest in people rather than the product sometimes because the people push the product.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Andy, you're a member of the PAGB, which we know is so important um, to bringing companies together that have all got kind of a a common goal. How do we get companies coming together and supporting pharmacists rather than each brand and company trying to push their own agenda? Because clearly from what we've heard from Sid, there's a greater need out there to to raise awareness of what pharmacists can do.
2: Yeah, this is a tricky question. I, I think, in theory, I think a lot of people would say yes. You know, we—I mean—I think the PHB does an awful lot to promote the pharmacy industry um, already. I think what we're talking about specifically here is, you know, is there additional work or additional campaigns um, that could be supported by the industry to, to 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 highlight the competence and the breadth of the role of a pharmacy? In theory, yes, absolutely. Um, I think in reality, in reality, it's a it's a challenging um, world we live in, and and uh, and I think as as as, as leaders of, of businesses, we're all fighting for um, market share and growth of our own brands, and and we, awesome. and we have important messages, um, you know, that we have to put across about you know our, our, our brands um, in in order to maintain and, and and grow our market share. So I, I think this is a difficult. This is it's a very noble objective. Difficult to pull off, but I wouldn't, you know, but, but I wouldn't discount it. But it would need a lot more coordination, you know, perhaps through a body like, um, you, you know, it's something we could pick up as PAGB. But uh, but I think as as business leaders, you know, we'll we'll always have um, you know, we'll always have priorities to 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 fight for our own brands.
0: Of course, Amy, you and I have talked a lot about the you know, some of the public health campaigns that have really stood out. Are there any particular ones that have? Kind of really caught your attention and and we could build on
3: yeah i mean i um in sort of researching um for this event there is um there was a campaign in 2018 it was the um i think it was help us help you um i think we've got a a yeah um an example so um, on the left-hand side, um, you see, so your pharmacy team are here to help you and your family stay well. So you had the Stay Well campaign in 2018, then they slightly amended that in 2019 to this help us help you, um, don't wait until you feel worse, go in and, and see your pharmacist. And um, just focusing on those two on the left, um, I, I question it um, because I I look at those and they're very... Samey, they don't have any standout. Um, we know that that as consumers we see, in excess of a thousand message marketing messages a day. Um, it's it's a competitive world out there, um, and that kind of um, that, that kind of campaign to me is, is, isn't cutting through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think there it's quite generic, um, in, in its messaging, um, and, and putting the onus really on the, uh, on the, the patient to come in. It's not saying what the pharmacist can really offer in a specific way. Um, so it, I've got some problems with those campaigns, um, on, on that level, but, That said, um, having spoken to Sid, uh, I think he disagrees um, a little bit with with how good those campaigns are. Um, So I'll I'll let I'll let him ruin me now.
0: Uh. Okay, go on, Sid. Be nice.
1: Well, look, they're they're both successful for different reasons. How about that? Um, The ones on the left are are very successful in the sense that they were funded by the government they were everywhere they were on tv they were on newspapers they were on radio they were on bus stops and everybody came into us and said you know what can you do and you know let us know more so in that respect it was good but you're absolutely right if that was handled and and advertised and promoted as a brand then it would be as impactful as a one-handed clap there would be Absolutely useless. Somebody in advertising would lose their jobs. But because the NHS supported and funded it, it was great. So I agree with you. The ones on the right, all those are fantastic. They're eye-catching. People love them. Um, You know, my, the amount of ears I've syringed because people didn't realize we deal with ears as it goes up. So they both have advantages. And what we need to, what they both, these sort of campaigns need to do is align their strategies with the whole picture of the NHS self-care and the, then the brand can come in. So you've got the whole picture and then this is how we can help the strategy, the alignment, the NHS, the public's health public health and so on so so forth so I've seen the benefits of both uh, and I totally agree with Amy that the ones on the right um, are far more impactful they're the sort of things you'd see now if the NHS supported those I think pharmacists will be the sung heroes of the NHS as opposed to the unsung ones that we are now and we won't be seen as uh, glorified shopkeepers would be seen as clinicians in our own right with with a with a five-year degree and all sorts of medical knowledge thank you yeah
3: the 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 ones on the ones on the right are amazing um and yeah. uh, were i believe um also funded by nhs england and um but this is this is an illustrator who works for disney um and so they they've upped their game i just think it's amazing to see the 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 journey creatively from 2018 all the way through to 2020 when when the ones on the right were were released um you know everything about them it's 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 more specific it's more eye-catching um i'm guessing it's probably aimed at a slightly younger audience as well possibly young parents um so to me there's there's insight there there's creativity there it's got a, it's got a hell of a lot going for it so um yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: amy where we would disagree is that where you say it's more specific it is whereas the ones on the left i know they're both nhs whereas the ones on the left were more generic as to what we could do so for example if you had earache that could be sinusitis if you had a sore throat, um, that, that might be a, a, a strep infection rather or, or even thrush. So one thing we can treat, one thing we can't. Um, yeah. So in, in all respects, I agree with you. But again, the one on the right is far more eye-catching. But if anything, it puts us back into just OTC rather than the whole holistic place where OTC has a very important place. Yeah,
3: good point.
0: I'm trying to keep up with the questions here because there's so many coming in, but one that's just came in is from Trevor. Thank you. Um, He was saying when he worked at RB, they did some training across competitors, um, you know, indigestion, heartburn, a kind of duo um, piece without denigrating each other's products. They kind of showcase the range. What do you think about that, Sid? Is it possible to do more kind of co-creation and education on categories rather than it's us, it's all about our brand?
1: Yes, we need to focus. We need basically to switch pharmacy from dimmer mode to full beam. So it's in your face, proud and unabashed. So one thing things you would basically do is not use words like consumer and customer, but maybe patient and public. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is basically rather than just promote the product, promote health, promote the welfare of a patient and the product that can help them achieve that. So I think we need to rethink the paradigm as to how we publicize it and make us less as shopkeepers with products off the shelf. Here you go, madam. There you go. Um, uh, as opposed to somebody coming in asking for health advice, and you know what, here's a product you might've heard of that that will that works better than the rest. So in much, so I think if you focus more on the education in pharmacy and the teams, focus more on a holistic approach with your brand as an add-on saying, we, we can achieve these targets. I think that's really important because anything that works with our profession, the government, other healthcare professionals and patients will help to extend the clinical role of pharmacy and the breadth of our contribution to healthcare, public health and social care. So in that respect, Um, we're not um, against each other we just have to align the advertising the promotion a lot a lot more efficiently
0: okay okay so have you got any brand campaigns that you think well that was exactly what we needed we've talked about general ones that do kind of public health but but OTC manufacturers are still going to want to do their brand campaigns. so have we got any examples of good
1: I mean, I, I mean, obviously, Amy's come out with some really good ones there. Um, I think the other really good ones would tend to be Viagra and Ella One because when they came out, first came out, it was like, oh my God, could pharmacists really get them out and whatever, And we, when we were sort of like knowing all about them for ages. And we were showing that we were a ready-made solution to a lot of people who've got concerns that can't access the NHS even before COVID cheapies were hard to get hold of. Um, A&E was, uh, had something like 50% of um, um, admissions that, to, to a visit to A&E that were unnecessary that we could have helped, which could have saved the, the NHS millions of pounds. So I would say Viagra and Ella One were extremely important, helped to shift the focus on us as, as really important high street uh, scientists.
0: Can we put the slide up on, um, I think we've got some examples of the recent work they've done because they, we've seen a real evil in those brands as well versus when they first did their switch to where they've got to now and i agree you mm. know that some of the l one stuff is is absolutely brilliant um so what do we think you know so again so many questions i'm trying to keep up with them about what are the essentials of marketing to pharmacists people saying do pharmacists still want to attend events from brands you know funding's being cut for pharmacists where do they want to focus um what 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 do you think what's your what's your answer to that Andy do you think and Sid I guess what what do you think where should we be putting our important priorities
2: Andy do you want to go first um I, th- I think um yeah I think the, I think the, the, the question on to pharmacists still want to attend a, a, attend training I don't know I might refer that one to Sid uh, I, th- I think um but but I, th- I think um that there's still I mean we, we, i think most companies are still placing enormous emphasis uh emphasis on on, on training pharmacists and and, and 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 um promoting their brands uh to pharmacists you know it, it's 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 a fundamental way of um of building the competence of our brands i don't think that's ever, you, know, you know i think that's um more re- relevant now than ever um, you know, it's great to see switches coming through. I mean, the, the two examples you have highlighted there are, are, are two brilliant campaigns for, from brands that have switched, and, and you know, provide a very obvious need to to to, to go and uh, to, to to be to be detailed and 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 to present themselves to pharmacists in that way. Um, but I think you know it's it's with 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 the increasing with with the uh, you know the great new role of pharmacists. I think brands will be will continue to be very committed to uh to to, to detailing and, and and advertising to, to the pharmacy track pharmacy profession.
3: Um,
0: I just had a question come in. Somebody said, "Was it actually Ella One um, and Viagra marketing that was effective, or was it the fact that it was a really novel pom to p switch?" Said
1: both. It had style and it had substance. Yeah, um, the style was that it was exactly impactful, it was colourful, um, um, it, 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 you, you couldn't ignore it, it was picked up by the papers, uh, it, it created a buzz, both of them, Ally was another one. Um, The other aspect of it was that there was a good backup supporting team as well. So my staff received things in the post. They got trained up on them. We had questionnaires to give to patients to give them reassurance. It wasn't just about us knowing what we were doing, but it's also, you know, the reassurance to the public who didn't think we knew what we were doing or weren't sure and a bit shy. We've got consultation rooms. We had private discussions. Um, They took away leaflets with them. So even if they didn't purchase on the day, they went away thought about it. They were better informed. They didn't go to Dr. Google and get out-of-date information. Biased information, wrong information, um, and my staff were confident about speaking to people. They were far more astute in picking up signs. You know, seeing the person sitting, up, standing at the back, of the pharmacy biting his fingernails, not knowing how to come to the counter. So the approach was there. So it was the whole toot ensemble. It was everything that that really came together. It was, and also the difference here was that the strategy in marketing and training and and promoting included community pharmacists from the outset, before they were saying ASPIC and then thrown out into pharmacy as a bolt-on or an add-on. So it was pharmacists involved from the beginning right to the end on that, and that's why it was so successful, and it's still successful now. And the NHS has even now given us an NHS service to give out the morning-after pill and Ella one because it was so successful.
0: Okay. OK, I'm going to take a quick look at the poll because I've had a few people coming and saying, what's the result of the poll? So can, can the um, admin team just put the poll up? So um, interestingly, I mean, this backs up everything we're saying. I was like, I, um, I've um, i bribed you all, but consumers coming out top of the poll um, and pharmacists coming out bottom of the poll in terms of where we're putting our marketing efforts. So I think that moves us, again, very nicely onto. I'm going to try and throw this back to Amy and say, how do agencies and clients make HCP comms that represent what we've heard? Because Amy, do do creatives just want to make sexy TV ads aimed at consumers? And and that's why there's so little love coming to pharmacist comms?
3: Um, I I think we all, I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. I think we all (laughs) go through that that stage um, where we want to make the big sexy work that we showed to our mom. Um, and go to da um, or, and, and walk away with all the awards. Um, but you do get a more balanced view um, as you get a little bit older um, and it becomes a focus on just wanting to work on, on really good briefs. And how do you make a good brief? It all comes in, from insight. Um, and if you don't have good insight about the audience that or the audiences that you're talking to, um, your brief is gonna be rubbish. Um, and your work's going to be rubbish. um i don't I don't care how how sexy and pretty and how many awards it might win. um if you don't have good insight um at the end of the day, it's it's not going to resonate with the audience it needs to resonate with. So um that's why I, I, I think any agency um, that and maybe Andy might disagree, but um I think any agency that that a marketing team chooses to work, chooses to work with needs to to have experience in the audience they're talking to. Um Sid in particular was was talking about um, how science matters to pharmacists. Um, you can't just tweak your consumer campaign and roll it out to pharmacists. No, these 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 guys spent five years in school. Um, they 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 know the science and it matters to them. Um, so I think you need to to choose an agency that, that understands science um, and knows how to communicate it to the appropriate audience. Um, so hopefully. Oh, good. I got a clap from Sid. That's that's all.
0: <laughs> that's uh, always encouraging. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Andy, I'm just yeah. I'm just going to throw it over to you as well. Do you agree with that?
2: Oh, absolutely! No, no. I look. I think. I think. Um. I, I think pharmacists and consumers you know everybody's human um everybody has everybody is is both both, both pools of people are bombarded with lots of messages and and um, uh, all day long and 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 you have to break through the clutter you, you, you know I, I think pharmacists still need to be uh st- you, you you still need to communicate in an, in an impactful way i would never advocate um you know for either consumers or for pharmacists trying to make um trying, trying to make work that's um that, that that's not that's not um breakthrough or disruptive or 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 highly interesting. So I think it's it's always important to to um you, you know to have have that sort of creativity at the centre of brief. But I think what's what's different is is that with a, with the with, with the pharmacy profession, you've got to have some um substance below below the creativity at the top. You know, if you're just going in with, with, with lots of um you know style as, as 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 the phrase goes to pharmacists you get found out you've got to you've got to have um underpinning it you've got to have a lot of facts and substance substance you know good scientific detail or, or good rational arguments. I think you know it is possible to um to market to consumers without substance and, and be successful. <laughs> I think there are, yeah, but I don't think you can do that to pharmacists. So I think the burden here, I, th- I think I think for the for for the um, you know, pharmacy advertising, tra- your, your profession, if you like, you know, it's 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 the the the, the challenge is to, is to be able to do both simultaneously, um, which is which is a skill.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go back now, Sid, because there's, there's quite a few questions coming in around um, the pom to p switches again. Um, what, what if you haven't got a novel pom to p switch? What if you what how can you replicate success without necessarily having a major innovation? Have we got any any tips for people in that space?
1: Yeah, um, and that really ties in with what just Andy and Amy have just said. We, I mean, I've I've seen that poll, and I'm a bit disappointed because I always thought that there was well, targeting towards farmers, but it was just very badly done. I'm now realising there was never done, and that explains a lot. So two words spring to mind: missed opportunities. Because clearly, we are not marching in long st- in lockstep and we're, we're not aligned and, and communicating properly and the other thing about it is that patients come in even with a highly multi-million pound medicines campaign if somebody comes to us and we don't think it's right for them we'll choose something else that we have more confidence in so I think really that be, be, you, you people out there need to rethink how they do things because they're just throwing uh, the, the water out the, the dirty bath water out which with, with the baby so that's not a good thing Talking about uh, pom 2 p switches, um, it, it, we, we always could do with more. I mean, I'm a great advocate dun, 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 uh, of pharmacists having antibiotics to, to prescribe, because if anything, we would be far more stringent with when we give it out. Rather than just give it out, we could easily give out antibiotics. I could prescribe it as a private prescriber. So having more NHS commissioned services would tend to help. Um, I think also with the pom 2 we need more of it, because as the population gets older, as people live longer, the NHS already wasn't coping before COVID. So if, it, so if we want to optimize the use of medicines, support people to self-care, support people to live healthier lives and live independently, we're gonna need more innovative, prompt to be. So what I would say is be brave, be ambitious, go out there, talk to us, and we'll tell you exactly which ones we would like to have to increase our armory to help you, your family, the public, your company, the NHS, social care, public care, and the public's health.
0: Um, And sadly, there's someone anonymous who's come on in support saying, as an organisation, we have recognised the importance of pharmacists, particularly in their role in PCNs. Moving forward, we are developing campaigns which either include pharmacists or are aimed solely at pharmacists. I can't say that's brilliant because you haven't put your name, but um, that sounds like exactly what we're saying is one one of the fundamentals of what we need to do.
2: I mean look <laughs> on, on, on the you know on, on the manufacturer side you know one of the interesting dilemmas for us is always you know do, do we do we spend do we do we choose to communicate with 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 consumers or pharmacists or both and you know ideally both I think the different brands have different profiles don't they you know so some brands um you know brands that are pharmacy only of course you're going to put uh a, an awful lot more of your of, of your spend um in, 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 into communication with, with uh with, with pharmacists um but every business has to make its own choice as to where where it spends its money for different brands according to you, you know where, where where they're successful and what they deem to be the right you know the, the, the right insights around who they need to communicate with um I think it's very, it's very hard, it's very hard, it's very hard to argue that there are some bra- that that you shouldn't communicate all your brands to pharmacy. And I think most companies do, but it's always going to be a varying proportion of the pie depending on what the profile of the brand is. So, if I
1: could just add to that, so we have yeah, five health campaigns a year, and if your OTC product matches that, if you know what the five health campaigns are, like coming up to winter, whether it's seasonal and hay fever, etc., or flu, if you can add that to your campaign at that time. To support farms and that all fits in with the agenda because as andy uh, said earlier uh, and as amy actually also chimed in with we have a rapidly changing landscape and it's, and it's been happening for years and it's going to keep going if you don't have your finger on the pulse all the time you'll lose the rhythm and you'll be out of touch very quickly and your product might have a millions to be on the campaign but be very unsuccessful on the shelf very unsuccessful through pharmacy so by incorporating us from an early stage you will definitely benefit and it would also turn Publicity into revenue. And that's what it's all about. And if that revenue can also be matched with NHS pressures, then then we don't need to lose pharmacists or, or or compete between pharmacists and consumer spending. What we would be doing is aligning the stars together to do it. And it's actually very easy to do. You just need to know who to speak to and then build up those networks. And that's where we've all been working. We've all been working independently rather than together. And all of that is wasted effort. And, and um, it's been repeating the same mistakes of the past. And that's not the way forward.
0: I think on that, there's a couple of questions specifically about stuff that we've always done and um, said you know is there a role still for paper-based training will events come back and will pharmacists still attend um what sort of comms do pharmacists want to, to get specifically have you got thoughts on those Sid?
1: yeah um I mean, you can imagine our time is really hard. I mean, I I was doing 18 hours a day when, you know, the the COVID for for three months didn't get a day off, you name it. So what I would suggest is um, I'm very selective about where I do go for meetings and I would go for meetings. Um, So I'd say, you know, horses for courses. So if it's something about evidence-based, something I can sit down and read my own time, that's great. There's also uh, internet courses, which are great. And it's lovely because my staff, could, love, could sit around um, their tea breaks or or, or or when we have quiet periods and they could develop certificates as part of the training, which is part of our contractual obligations. So supporting my staff, supporting me train my staff would be great to help me achieve the pharmacy quality service points. But I would say there would be a huge amount of importance with face-to-face meetings, especially with other healthcare professionals. Yep. Not the same faces all the time. As lovely as they are, as mm-hmm. beautiful and as young as they are, as wonderful as they are. It'd be great if we had a mixture of professions, because we've all got points to make, multidisciplinary training, multidisciplinary working, working out how we can, can, can work with each other, co- in cooperation as well as cooperation. And in that regard, uh, networking, developing PCNs. My God, the golden egg would be that you could get doctors, nurses, pharmacists, dentists, even opticians degree where we talk about diabetes and blood pressure. In the same room, because we all have the same targets to meet, and if we can all work together, walking in each other's shoes, if you like, my God, would that be a revelation? It would be almost a revolution rather than an evolution of roles. And I've been calling for this for years, and everybody says, "Hmm, good idea, interesting concept." Nobody ever does it. It's not <laughs> going to be easy, but I think if you, the first one that gets it, will forever be the 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 Pele of pharmacy or the healthcare professionals.
0: Who's going to be the brave one and step forward? I guess is, is always the question.
3: Is, is that where is that where COVID might have helped us? And actually, we could start to do things virtually. I mean, I know you were saying face to face is is you know is better, um, but when you've got all of those different um hcps and trying to organize diaries with hcps is a nightmare i can say um then actually doing virtual meetings like we're doing right now um is that going to open the door a little bit does that give us the opportunity so do you think pharmacists in particular would would embrace would embrace this kind of tech and we could continue to do this even after we take off our masks and can go back face to face yeah.
1: Um, as I said, horses for courses. So, this sort of thing is great for when you're imparting um, information or advice or, you know, raising questions or, or you know, and, and it's convenient. But nothing quite beats face to face networking uh, with doctors, nurses. And sometimes the best conversations aren't had when somebody's presenting. It's actually by the coffee table. Or, well, hi, you're so and so. You know, uh, I've heard about this, this thing. Can we work together? I mean, I was doing a COVID vaccination clinic and one of the doctors came up and said, oh, you said you deal with diabetes, you know, and I've heard, I've seen some things on the internet about your work, can we catch up together? That was done at a COVID vaccination clinic. It didn't happen through, um, through, through this sort of network or through the email. So everything's different. I mean, but having said that, if you booked an event four months down the line, when we know things are done and people can clear their diets and they know it's important, believe you me, it'll be a priority above walking the dog, above, you know, watching EastEnders to actually go, not that I watch EastEnders. Oh, well, did I just sure. give that away? Uh-huh. No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we would all make time to do it. So it would be a priority for me to attend something like that, where maybe it could be sponsored by an event. It could be the bigger, wider NHS agenda. Uh, public health could be social care, public health, social care, uh, the cracks in between how we avoid them. And then a brand could be promoting itself there. And we could be networking with other HCPs. And potentially the in, then, then the pharmaceutical industry, the healthcare professionals, and even the public patient involvement side of things would all come together. So I'd say if, if it was further down the line, if it was promoted, trust me, it would be a priority and it would overtake a lot of other things that would be taking our time.
0: Andy and Amy, I just want to ask one more kind of formal question before I try and get through some of the questions. Um, we've talked about all the essentials. How do we shake this up? How do we make marketing to pharmacists exciting? You know, that we there's so much we need to do. As agencies and as um, brands, what what do we what else can we do that's different? Who, who's got? Who, I'm going to pick on one of you. Amy, can you go first?
3: <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, Sid has kind of kind of kind of ruined my answer, unfortunately, because um, I, w- I was I was going to say you know digitally we can do so much now, and 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 COVID has has opened. Um, has opened our, our 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 box of toys, kind of in a way. Um, but I, I I think he's actually hit the nail on the head with the idea of being taking a more multidisciplinary approach. Um, I, th- I think uh, especially in comms, we we tend to pe- put people in little buckets, and that makes our comms um, so much easier to do. And We can have certain messages for certain people, um, and I think maybe that's a little too uh, constrained. Um, And we need to be having those multidisciplinary discussions and involving pharmacists or even having pharmacists lead them. Um, Because I I, I think there's a lot of insight that we're getting from pharmacists like Sid um, that that GPs, um, nurses, even dentists, whatever, just don't know. So I'm quite excited about that idea of bringing people together. So um, I know that's not a very specific answer, um, but but I really like that theme. Andy, any thoughts?
2: i mean just two things are going through my mind also slightly reading reading the the q a's i mean there's no substitute for i mean what i want to talk about is there's no substitute for doing doing um doing the basics really really well mm-hmm. um you, you know i mean i mean trevor made a comment here saying that you know some of the biggest otc brands you know have been built in in, in pharmacy and i absolutely agree i, I think that the, the very best brands have always have always um had a either started or very had a very healthy and strong commitment to detailing and and and, and um and promoting themselves to pharmacists and winning over the the, the, the blessing and support of, of, of pharmacists. And I think um, you know companies abandon abandon that at their peril. So I would always say that 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 has a very important component. So I would always advocate that. I think the other thing to, is is um it's there's no substitute for being um being being really, really snappy and excellent with your messaging. You know whether you deliver it in, in a face-to-face or a digital way. If you if you have um if you have great messages backed up with with good substance and you can communicate Communicate them in a in a snappy way to your audience, and pharmacists, you know, are no different. And um, that's always going to be successful. I think one of the questions I, I just read was, I think asked a couple of times. You know, switch categories are very exciting, aren't they? When you bring you know new, new brands to to pharmacy. But what about the old-fashioned brands, the brands that have been around forever? And and um, look, I think the reality is that even in cough and cold and, and and analgesics, there's always there's always there's always a new consumer who'll walk into a pharmacy for the first time and, and say, my sore throat's really really bad. Have you got something stronger than what I bought in Tesco, um, or, or something like this? And there's always there's always a member of the public who who can who can be convinced by by a pharmacist for the first time and so there's always a role as brand owners for us to keep our brand salient and popular with pharmacists because there's always going to be a consumer who who gets who gets um switched by a pharmacist in in that sort of situation. So you've got to keep going, you know, in those those well-established categories, you know, there's still a relevant job to do. And if you understand consumer insights, if you understand how um, pharmacy medicine can give give consumers a better treatment, and if you understand how to convey that to a pharmacist and staff in a snappy way, you know, you're going to be successful.
0: And I think allergy is a great example of that as well, right? Because working in allergy, so many every year you used to hear so many people saying I've never suffered before this is the first time I've ever suffered um and you're like yeah okay <laughs> um, but that well, that's another great example isn't it of yeah. you know it's been around forever we but but people are brought in new to suffering every year
1: well this is it we treat people from cradle to grave so even the same individual their needs would change and just as the ever-growing population changes. but I think the bottom line is if we're going to work with the pharmaceutical industry the bottom line has to be We always have to find ways to keep people better for longer and sicker for shorter. And that's really the bottom line of whatever thing that we would need to be promoting to the public.
0: We've, we've talked most of the time about how brilliant and how fundamentally we think pharmacists, we should be helping pharmacists. There's one question that's come in that I'm just going to um, sneakily throw out at the end. Pe- Somebody saying, how do we stop pharmacists trading down from brands? How do we stop them recommending own label and promoting our brands? Any thoughts on that before we wrap up?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, some of the brands are actually better than the generics. Uh, and again, that comes down to education and uh, and um, um, information dissemination. So, But a lot of pharmacists aren't aware of that because people, they're not being advised or supported in lack of time. So this is where going back to that supporting to us to be trained. So, for example, I'm going to mention a brand Zoborax. I mean, you've, that, that brand there works a lot quicker on the tingling and there's evidence to support it. And I've never, I promise you, I'm not, I haven't got shares in it or, or received any funding from it. <laughs> But it works quicker than the generic. So when you advise a patient saying this brand is better because it, at the tingling stage it goes a lot quicker, and it's a false economy to go for the brand, uh, the generic. They all go for the one that saves um, their good looks and and and, and their lips. So. And sometimes the, the brands might work a bit quicker if you're dealing with painkilling. So it's all about that information and the substance rather than the style. So we don't always go for our own brands. We would go for what's best for the patient, because if we don't give them the best advice, they will go somewhere else. And it will be very hard to get them back again. So if you're promoting a brand, tell us why it's better than the alternative, cheaper one, because otherwise it's false economy.
0: I think what is clear, we could probably, we could talk for all day on this. This is, a, you know, and I can't believe the number of questions we've had come in. We've got 32 questions on the side. I'm sorry, there's no way I've got through 32 questions. So I promise as a panel, we will take them away and we will answer all of those questions. Um, for me personally, some great nuggets. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And like I said, you know, I could just keep going and going, but there were some really key things that jumped out to me. We talked about with Sid missed opportunities you know clearly there is just so much more we can do it be doing in this um, space Um, we talked about terms we can be using the patient the public and start all communicating in the same language which would be a massive step forward Um, Andy you mentioned particularly style and substance which is not something we always hear that's going to particularly stick in my mind um, following this event how do we get that balance of really beautiful work and Amy showed us the Great public health I agree is one of my favorites but as well as combining it with clinical evidence in a way that we can help SIDS train his staff and educate them and take some of those pressures off so yes yeah, so much to talk about I hope I've covered it all um, I just want to say thank you to everyone for staying super engaged um, there's lots of you on I'm really sorry I didn't get through all your questions but we will follow up um, I also want to say a massive thank you to Nikki at Purple and Enrique who have made this possible and made it all look slick and beautiful that was definitely nothing to do with me so huge thank you to them for and most of all thank you to my my panelists for being involved and having a really great discussion it was such a pleasure to talk to you this morning um so thank you very much and thanks purple agency for hosting i I hope you enjoyed it i hope we get to do more of these um, and have a good rest of the day